You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Seven oh seven in the morning. You're on the Wake Up Tucson show. Whew, man, I've been watching the Adelita Grijalva, um recap video. I sent it to you. We might play at eight thirty because she's going to the misinformation card. She's great. Okay. Everything. If whatever she says is, if you don't agree with her misinformation, so it's good to see them repeating the same old crap. So, if you missed anything in the first hour including our discussion with Congressman Juan Siscomani about uh, doing the Spanish language response to a crazy old guy doing a dumpster fire speech yesterday. Go to kvoi.com. Let's go right to the phones. There's a lot of stuff I want to cover with this young man. Welcome back. I can't believe he agreed to come back for a second discussion after after what I put him through last time. Mike Vellante from the America First Policy Institute. Mike, welcome back, sir. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Good morning. Good morning to your audience. So Great to be with you. Last week, uh, I asked you a question, and I, I did. I did the unbelievably unprofessional interviewer thing. Was knowing we only had four minutes left, and I asked you a really big question. So I apologize, and I appreciate you coming back. And that, oh, thank you. That answer, that question I had for you was, when you look back at the Arizona election of 2022, the general election. And I, 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 my, my, my take has been it's a tapestry of various things that went wrong. What is, what, what, what's the Mike Vellante as the director of election integrity at the uh, America First Policy Institute? What's your analysis of what happened in the, why, why, why were things not so great for Republicans in the 2022 election? Well, if, if you want to talk, it's two different questions, really. One is on the national level, you know, what happened and, and what didn't happen. The, the second one is specifically within Arizona and, and how the elections were run. Um, taking the second one first, um, within Arizona, you, you know, you said it was a, a tapestry of, of things, which I thought was rather polite. I think the other words you used earlier uh, was dumpster fire about last night's speech. <laughs> I think that's probably a better analogy, to be honest with you. I do appreciate the the artistry of tapestry. Thank you. Um, but, uh, it, you know, and it really was a dumpster fire because it was, I think everybody was watching more closely. We certainly had more involvement by um just average citizens around the country keeping closer watch as poll watchers um, and poll workers in, in different polling places around the country. And there were problems, as there always are, around the country, but I think Arizona was ground zero. And I think it ended up being ground zero because there were such major problems that raised questions that raised security issues that raised um, chain of custody issues with ballots um, that raised the ability to actually execute the election in a fair way. Um, And some of it was common sense. I mean, you know, we talked about a couple of things last week about uh, ranked choice voting and how complicated it is. Well, you know, the bottom line is if you can't get the right size paper for your tabulating machines, 
chances are you're not going to do really well on counting ballots multiple times the way RCV requires. Uh, I mean, those are the kinds of things that um, just really have a system breakdown. And it, it started uh, in the beginning on Election Day, you know, specifically within Maricopa County. Um, and what's interesting is that it carried over for a while in the election counting process, um, not so much with Kerry Lake's race, but um, one of the most noticeable things to me was uh, the attorney general's race, where in Pinell County, you know, when they did a hand count, they found almost a 50 percent change in the vote. I mean, the uh, Republican uh, Abe was uh, behind by 500 and some odd votes. And then when they recounted, he was only behind by 200 and some odd votes. And in a small county, that's highly unusual to see that kind of, of change. So I think it was an, a number of things that um, really went wrong. You, you know, one of the things that I can't say for certain is that, that it was planned or orchestrated or whatever. But truthfully, it doesn't matter because if, if even if it was done because people just didn't do their job right, those people should be fired. I mean, if you have a job and you're supposed to do something and you don't do it, and really you only have, you know, one, one job and you don't do it right and you don't do it well and it creates chaos and it creates um, uh, insecurity or lack of confidence, then you certainly shouldn't be given another shot at doing another election. Well, there's truth to that, right? And I've, I've told a lot of frustrated Republicans that all the people you thought screwed you in 2020 were still there, right? Including yeah, the, board I, of, the Board of Supervisors and all. If they really screwed you and they didn't like anyone related to the Trump man, then they screwed, they were, you left them there to screw you again. Right. Right? That's I mean, right. And, and, and as far as I've, I've been able to tell, they're still there for 2024. Right. And, and that's, and that should simply not be the case. And, and if, even if you want to take politics completely out of it and just use the word competence or common sense, common sense says, if you can't get the paper, the right size paper for your tabulating machines, if you have your clerks or your, your polling supervisors standing there telling people who are waiting in long lines to vote that, the tabulating machine, one machine isn't working at all, and the other is only working 75% of the time, you just got to blow the thing up and start again. So I agree with that. Now, <clears throat> when some of our brothers and sisters out there uh, want to say the only reason Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday and Mark Fincham lost is because they got screwed because of the tabulators and or someone in Maricopa County press the right button to switch votes, right? That, they say that's the only reason they lost. What would Mike Vellante tell those people? I, I, would, I would say in Abe's case, I, I think Abe has, because the vote is so close, I think Abe, Abe's case is one that, um, you know, needs to be looked at really closely. Again, the, the, what happened in Pinell County, you know, is, is a red flag, a huge red flag. In, in the other cases, uh, you know, I, I, you just can't throw that. Here's the problem I have with that. If you just throw that out, then you ignore what may or may not have happened that caused the loss. 
And you don't do what needs to be done to correct that going forward to make sure you don't make the same mistake again. Amen. And, and that's, and that's what, you know, you have to learn by what happened. And it wasn't just in Arizona. One of the things I keep saying to people and, and this is not necessarily a, an AFPI thing, just my background, you know, having been involved in, in politics and elections for a very long time, is that one of the things we haven't addressed um, is the, the appalling lack of accuracy on our polling. Oh. I mean, you know, we... we <laughs> polling we, is a train we, wreck, dude. We, we have, I, and this is what's interesting, is... You know, in one particular state, won't mention it, but you can probably guess, I called, you know, I had some friends that were running for office. I called their campaigns on election day and I said, how are you guys doing? And they said, well, we think we're going to win three to four. And I was like, wow, okay, that's great, because it was a Democrat state. And and then because I knew people on the other side, I called them and said, hey, how you doing? It's good to talk to you. I haven't talked in a while. Which, you know, how are you guys doing? And they're telling me that they're going to win like 10 to 12. And I was like, okay, so one, one's got polling that says 10 to 12. One's got polling that says three to four. Well, you know, the Democrats ended up being right. Um, so they, they saw something or had something in their polling that somehow, I think in several places, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, um, you know, the Republican polling did not pick up. And, and that needs to be fixed because, you know, campaigns base their – strategic decisions, their allocation on resources based on that. Um, and so, you know, that needs to be fixed. I think the other thing really, Chris, that we have to look at is, you know, when you look at Pennsylvania, one of the things that Republicans used to do, and, and there's a huge difference here, there's a difference between ballot harvesting and what, what used to be called absentee ballot chase programs. Um, and, you know, Republicans used to do those very, very well, absentee ballot chase programs. In places like Florida, California, when they were winning elections out here, that's how they won elections, is tracking their voters, knowing who was going to vote for them, making sure they got those ballots in before the deadline so they could be counted. Um, they really didn't do that in places like Pennsylvania. Um, Fetterman, I think, out outslugged uh, Oz something like four to five to one in, in that. So, you know, we used to call those back in Providence votes in the bank yeah. um, because you knew they, they we, you knew they were your votes and, and you could count on them and you knew they were secure. Um, that's another thing I think, I think politically anyway, they have to take a look at. Mike, can you hold on for a commercial break? I want to do one more segment. I want to ask you one of my magic questions. I asked some of my brothers and sisters out there, which is, how did uh, Kimberly Yee get, uh, let's see, uh, 120,000 more votes than Carrie Lake or Katie Hobbs? I want to understand that when we come okay. back. You're on the Wake Up okay. Tucson show. We're talking to Mike Vellante from the America First Policy Institute. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Republicans in southern Arizona, pay for this guy to spend a weekend at La Paloma and have him talk to you because... You might get better for uh, much better for 2024. Instead of suing each other, go uh, go get this guy out here and uh, have him talk some sense into you. When we come back after Mike, we're going to play some clips from the Pima County Board meeting. Steve Christie and Old Big Mouth here. It's good stuff. Wake up. 7.23 in the morning. You're on the Wake Up Tucson show. Got to get right back to Mike Vellante, American First Policy Institute. Mike, I'm already working on a, uh, a, a resort weekend for you so you can come educate some Republicans <laughs> for me. So. 
I, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an easy sell, man. I mean, that, that restaurant that you just advertised on sounds good to me. Oh, uh, we'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. I'll, 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 we are the Mexican food capital of the United States of America, Mike. We will take care of you. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I, as I always tell people, so I, I look at um, this Kimberly Yee, who's the state treasurer running for reelection. Mm-hmm. She pulls mm-hmm. 1,390,000 votes, which is 190,000 more votes than Mark Fincham, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's 120,000 more votes than Carrie Lake and the, and the now governor, Katie Hobbs. Mm-hmm. How does this happen, uh, Mike Vellante? Because that can't, so it's because I always tell people, I go, so it's just all can't be bad tabulators and someone is that someone pressing a button? I mean, that's so. What? Well, tell me about the Kimberly Yee conundrum. It, it is Kimberly Lee, but what it is is it's Kimberly Lee and Yee and people like Kimberly Yee pressing a button with voters. That's what happens. Is that you know Kimberly Yee is someone that's been there for a while. She's held several different positions. Um, she's seen as someone who does her job, does it well, is popular. People know her. Um, I think one of the things that, that people have forgotten a little bit here is one of the, the tenets that I've always learned is that people have to know you and like you and may even not agree with you on everything. But if they know you and like you, you have a better chance of getting them to listen to you, to listen to your positions and to vote for you. And I think you can't underestimate that kind of personal touch that um, that happens between someone running for office and voters. So did, and I think the, one the, of the things... Sorry, did the ones that lose, did the ones that lose just have a likability problem with moderate Ds, Rs, and independents? I, I think not necessarily... A, I don't think you could silver bullet it that way, but I think that... The, that those that do better, first of all, it's a a, um, a less high-profile office than governor. The issues are certainly, um, unless something, you know, has been done wrong or Correct. there's some question about, you know, fraud or something, the, the issues are way less volatile. So wasn't Kimberly Yee, the, but being that in, inoffensive of an office, wasn't Kimberly Yee really the office that basically said that most people, the Demo- the Republican brand on its own, Without any of the personalities, was the win was what what people wanted. But then the the negative yeah. started happening as Carrie Lake started to attack everyone on the planet uh, that she could. Well, I I think what it says is exactly what you said. There is a um, for for Republicans in Arizona, it it's a sign that you haven't lost the people as a brand or as a party. They are willing to vote Republican. I think what it says is we, you know, they have to retool the way they're doing what they're doing and that there is, there are candidates out there that will attract exactly what you said, the, the moderate Democrats um, and even the moderate Republicans that are out there now. I mean, I think some of those um, probably, you know, may have stayed home uh, in, in 2022 and, and, we clearly are not, you know, it's it's clearly a situation there where you need all of those um, to be able to win. That's why Arizona is a purple state now, 
you need you can't just rely on the Republican base there to to win an election. We keep saying on this show, our friend Bill talks about all the time. It's about addition, not subtraction. And mm-hmm. I feel like we had some self-inflicted subtraction. At the same time, we were undergone. We were we came in with not enough money on a lot of these things, and mm-hmm. they and they and Katie Hobbs and uh, Mark Kelly got to pound the Republican brand for 12 weeks without any response on TV, YouTube videos, whatever. And, of course, the abortion thing, right? Mark, uh, Mark Brinovich, who was supposedly a senatorial candidate earlier in the year, saying, we're going back to 1865. Well, that's not a great that's that's not a that's not a that's not a great election campaign thing either. Going back to 1865. I don't think they ever Frank Sinatra ever sang a song that was a very good year. We were thinking about 1865. You are correct. Um, oh, he gets, a, he gets a ding for that. Thank you, Volante. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got to tell you, though, that, that, Chris, that's one of the other things, maybe not 1865, a little sooner, but I think the other thing that was a general message out of the election was people want to look ahead, not behind. Correct. And people want to know what you're going to do to help them. I mean, and that's always been about what elections are about. What are you going to do to help them? And I think one of the other things is that uh, it is more challenging these days. You have uh, you know, the other side is is very well equipped at using every level level and every tool in the toolbox, whether it be political or whether it be, you know, on election issues um, that they try and use or, or take advantage of loopholes that they try and take advantage of. And we just have to get, you know, that we have to get better at that, because one of the things we say is if you don't have, you know, if you want to see what happens, the elections matter. You know, what's happened over the last few years and where this country has gone over the last two years in terms of its policies and its place in the in the world is because of elections. And that's why, you know, the integrity part of that is so important for us. All right, Volante. Great job today. Awesome. Right. I'm going to we're going to get you out here for golf and politics. OK, that sounds like a great combination to me. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a good day. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Pima County hijinks coming up next. This is so on Simone, but I love it. I'm celebrating the birthday of their drummer. I feel like I want to go back to the drummer from... There's got to be a prog rock tie-in somewhere here. No, this guy wasn't good enough to do prog rock, so... (laughs) How's that for the jerk statement of the year? He worked with Trevor Rabin's friend, roommate. Not good enough. Uh, Let's see, what's this guy's name? Hold on, I'll come back to you. This is Adolfa de la Para, Mexican drummer, with the American group uh, band Canned Heat. Played with some of the greatest blues singers of our time, including Big Joe Turner, T-Bone Walker, Albert Collins, and John Lee Hooker. Nicely done. There you go. So, happy birthday, Adolfa. All right. Let's go. To, before I get to uh, Steve Christie's point of personal privilege where he calls out Dr. Excuse me, Doogie Hines, not once, but twice, let's go to friend of the show. We call him the, uh, the KTR Slayer uh, down in Sarita. Noah, what's up, buddy? Hey, I just wanted to talk about Kimberly Yee because you keep bringing her up as a great example, and I think you've missed a lot. Well, educate me, amigo. Okay. I know that Frank Sinatra is your favorite Rack Pack member, <laughs> but for this discussion, the most important one is Dean Martin. <laughs> okay. I, 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 like this, I, I like this discussion already. Go. Okay. During the elections, when Republicans weren't winning everything, they lost the governor, they lost the AG. Who won Treasurer? You mean in 2022? No. Back when Napolitano won. 
Hey, oh, daughter. Uh, oh, d- d- you are correct, Dean Martin. <laughs> Dean Martin, okay? Because Democrats don't want to admit it, but they know Democrats suck at handling money. And they always vote for the Republican <laughs> treasurer. So comparing it to the Republican treasurer never makes any sense because they never win. I don't know when Arizona ever elected a Democrat treasurer, even in Pima County, where if you have a D, a toaster can win. A D toaster cannot win the treasurer. He's right. It's, it's, this is a good He's point. Right. I do like this. Uh, so, can, so, so there's, a, there's enough people. Who didn't run for re-election during, for the second term? Only one of the races. And that was the best person we've had in office forever, Mr. Um, the old treasurer that Ducey was awful with. Um, DeWitt. Said, oh, Jeff DeWitt. DeWitt. Right. So she not only was running um, as a foregone conclusion as a Republican, she was also the only incumbent. So the distrust, like the, a, the, the distrust of Democrats for for dealing with the money, right? Was that you're saying that that could contribute to her getting a hundred and seventy thousand more that votes? Republicans win treasurer forever <laughs> contributed to it. The fact that she was incumbent, and we know incumbents can win because. Baranovich won as an incumbent, even though he has disappeared for this entire administration. So we know the incumbency helps. We know incumbency, the name recognition helps because of Horn winning, despite all of his previous problems, but at least his name was recognized. So she's just a horrible example. It's not a very good I I don't know if it's a horrible example, but I I, I like, you've given me the best answer on this so far of anybody. Because everyone else just tells me that tabulators or Katie Hobbs was running the election, and she just pressed the right buttons to screw certain people, but not other people. That's what I've heard from so, Republicans. So thank you for being a, a mature adult. Over. There's no question she screwed Abraham, the, the AG over. You know, then they lied about what ballots never got counted. He said recount on the ballots. He didn't recount the ballots. They found new ballots in the recount because they never got counted the first time. They messed up this election because they did disenfranchise people. They did mess up the signature verification and just push things through that didn't count. They definitely were manipulating the election. Now, some people are less popular than others, and I would say Fincham's pretty less popular. I don't like the guy. Right. But, oh. <laughs> and I would say that, you know, Terry Lake telling the Republicans that supported McCain, get the heck out of here. Probably was not growing the tent. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I'm agreeing that, that, that they said there were. Again, Noah, this is, this, the this is the best discussion we've had so far about the elections right now. There, there were mishandlings on the other side, but it's not that there wasn't enough, that there still wasn't enough fraud that would have turned the election. Now, you got to win. I mean, Sean McCluskey said you have to get enough votes to, to overcome any cheating that occurred, and I agree. And you don't do that by shrinking your tent. I also think you have to see that the McCain wing of this party will never support someone on the other side. They demand support, but the money will never flow the other direction. Now, and I agree with uh, I think I agree with a portion of what you're saying about the McCain thing. But when you go after him that hard, it was a total shut off. Just a total yeah, yeah, shut off. Well, it's not just him, but his supporters. Because guess what? He did win every election till his, you know, he said, you'll never take my seat except for my cold, dead hands. And that's exactly what he did. He owned the seat because he had a big enough demographic to take it no matter what. Noah. So to go against him is bad. To go against the people that voted for him is worse. Great call, Noah.
Great job, man. Thank you yeah. for... There's uh, nothing. Really anything, it's flawed. There's a lot of reasons you won. And when you tell me where the last state treasurer is, maybe you can convince me that it's not a foregone conclusion that's a Republican. No, a great call. Again, this is the best yeah. response I've had so far. So thank you, sir. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. All right. Great job. Have Good a good night. day, Noah. There he is. You too. There's our man, Noah, 790-2040. All right, we're going to get to... So I walked into the meeting yesterday at Pima County, and Steve Christie was taking the point of personal privilege. And so I want to get to Steve's uh, statements right now. Uh, Mr. Matt's going to play it right now. Here we go. Steve Christie. Mr. Christie. I'd like a moment of personal privilege, please. Sure. At the last Board of Supervisors meeting on January 24th, the call to the public was completely mishandled in not only a ham-fisted manner, but in a most troubling fashion that speaks to the very essence of our democracy, free speech. I have endured many calls to the public and numerous sessions were not pleasant events for me. But the longer I have served on this Board of Supervisors, now over six years, the more I have grown to witness and comprehend the importance, necessity, and sovereignty of call to the public. It preserves, protects, and defends a citizen's right, any and all citizens' rights, to their free speech and ability to address their elected officials in person, face to face. Tantamount to this sacred process is the implicit understanding that the elected officials, in our case, Pima County Supervisors, are not to speak, respond, or especially interrupt the citizens speaking the, across the podium to the dais, no matter what has been expressed or said. If, again in our case, the county supervisor feels that he or she was wrongly accused, slandered, or otherwise lied about by a citizen during the call, that supervisor has the ability and opportunity to address that at the end of the call to the public. During the call to the public on January 24th, the chair completely disregarded the rules, the tradition, and the implicit understanding surrounding call to the public and turned the session into an unmitigated fiasco with threats galore simply because she arbitrarily deemed statements as uncivil against, quote, community norms, whatever and whichever they are, and filled with personal attacks. None of these mischaracterizations applied. It appears that Chair Grijalva wants to impose even more limits and sanctions on our free speech. In the subsequent, subsequent weeks since January 24th, there have been several radio and other interviews by elected and non-elected county officials who have stated concerns about the lack of civility, propriety, courtesy, respect, and the like during the surrounding call to the public. One important element that has been left out and overlooked by those officials is the history, facts, and truth about how we got to this unfortunate and dangerous place. The blame for all of this mess and controversy over call to the public is the sole responsibility and fault of Supervisor Matt Hines. Zinga. It was Supervisor Hines who ignited this flame when he purposely and irresponsibly interrupted and shouted down a speaker at the podium who was explaining her objections and reasons against COVID mandates being imposed on the community by this board. He further ignored the repeated admonishments to stop 
by the then chair. At the next board meeting, which was virtual, another citizen was expressing similar views against COVID mandates. And again, Supervisor Hines interrupted her free speech, this time holding up signage with pejoratives written boldly. Then, yet again, Supervisor Hines, when attending by Zoom, interrupted speakers by wagging and shaking his fingers at them if he didn't like their comments. At that time, I introduced a resolution to this board asking that Supervisor Hines be censured or rebuked for his anti-free speech actions <laughs> and his anti-free speech actions and poor behavior, and my resolution died for lack of a second. It is important that we remember the facts and history of impeding free speech during call to the public and justly place the blame where all of this lies. And the blame lies directly and solely with Supervisor Matt Hines. Thank you, Madam Chair. So we're going to go to break now just and then I'll play the three my, my three minute rant uh, coming up. But um, just to make this even better is remember, Matt Hines was not there for roll call when the county clerk, he was marked absent, right? He was not on the dais during call to the audience. And then we find out later, he was actually in the back, right behind the dais, hiding in the little antechamber, eating bagels and doing whatever he was doing. Then he came out after an executive session. So can you attend an executive session you were marked absent at the meeting? That's another question people have asked. Right? Yeah. I'm just saying, right? You you were marked absent, not there, but you're hiding in the antechamber. This guy is such a train wreck. And again, who's going to cover this locally? Right? You think Bud Foster or um, Craig uh, is going to cover it? Uh, Craig Smith's going to cover this? Probably not. But he literally was hiding in the back. It's a joke. When we come back, I'll uh, do uh, the uh, the uh, Christy Simone rant where I uh, I quote a New York Yankee executive. So, you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Victoria from Heritage coming up, talk Ukraine at 8.07. Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Bobby Plant coming with Allison Krauss soon. A little pricey over at Centennial. That's what we're hearing. Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. 7.51, 7 sorry, 7.51 in the morning. Christy Simone, Matthew ESQ. Once in a while, I get a offer for a guest that gets me mildly excited, and uh, we're working it out right now. Remember Dr. Robert Malone, the guy who invented the mRNA uh, vaccine technology who went on Rogan two Christmases ago, and this is the one that pissed off uh, the powers that be so bad that Neil Young had wanted to peel, t take all of his music off of Spotify? That was the one. So we're working on him. That lasted for two weeks, and then I'm back on Spotify, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Got to pay for uh, pay your medical bills. Um, uh, anyway, we're working on him for next Tuesday or Thursday for the deep dive discussion. So as Dita once said, I'm as happy as a little girl. Let's, uh, let's go back to the Pima County board meeting where Steve Christie called out uh, Matt Hines for literally just attacking free speech. And then um, during call to the audience, this is the one where Matt was hiding. And even I didn't know this when I had my discussion here. Uh, Matt uh, was hiding in the little chamber behind the dais after he was marked down as not there at the meeting, but he was hiding in the back.
because he didn't want to hear from the dirty citizens of Pima County. Maskless. And he came out maskless, too. So now you know the pandemic's over. So that if that loser doesn't have his mask on. It's been over three times. So. <laughs> it's coming again. All right, let's get to, uh, let's see, we'll see what Adelita has up next on the uh, docket. Christy Simone. Ugh. This jerk. Just real quick, the speaker before you was the gal that was on Share the Pain. Uh, um, oh, it's true. They, explain it, the pain. Right. It, it, it's true. It was the mom who has the drug cult across in the Arroyo. In, in the Arroyo and she was updating her story because now the new thing this last weekend was the guy trying to steal stuff out of her backyard. Right. So just so. a little perspective. Thanks, sir. What a good looking guy. Good morning to you all. So Ms. Grijalva doesn't want people at the call of the audience to mention the names of the people making the votes that affect their lives. Ms. Grijalva also believes that whatever she comes up with in her head equals community norms. In addition, Ms. Grijalva now wants to choke the ability of elected officials putting items that they believe are important to their communities and their districts on the agenda. Her disregard for free speech and accountability is pretty astounding. While I don't advocate personal attacks on, ad, on elected officials or unelected officials, your names are attached to the votes that can enrich or ruin the lives of the people of Pima County. Those votes are attached to your name. You have little nameplates that we know who you are. I don't like my breathing in this. Reasonable adults believe that criticizing the names of those who make those votes are a critical part of a working democracy. The four of you continuing the worldview debacle is downright laughable. Ms. Grijalva, while on the TUSD board, made votes that made it one of the worst school districts in the state of Arizona. Zinger. When you walk away from a district with 24% of the kids who are Hispanic and read at level, you're an unqualified failure. At the same time, you clapped while kids were expressing their free speech by chaining themselves to a desk during a dutifully scheduled meeting. When Rex read his love letter on why Chuck Huckleberry should have his contract renewed, he was wrong. In retrospect, now that Chuck's gone, the county's in a much better direction and the employees can breathe a sigh of relief without being micromanaged doing their jobs. When Mr. Hines led the war on vaccine mandates, mass mandates, and the pathetic curfew, which you guys were laughed out of court on, in hindsight, you were all wrong. Except for Steve, he voted against most of those. I think all of those, sorry, Steve. Uh, those, those votes made by people with names ruin people's lives. It's time to retool your thinking. So I go back to New York Yankee executive George Costanza. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, it's often wrong. His friend Jerry counseled, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. So let's start acting like some adults that want to make this place better. Whatever your instinct is telling you on your next vote, think of George Costanza and do the opposite. <laughs> the working poor and the citizens of Pima County might thank you one day instead of cursing this miserable course you're on now. I know pride is a hell of a thing. But it's time to grow up and do the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, again, usually I just let the let the, let everyone. I, again, I have three hours a day to shoot my mouth off, but I'm telling you that um, they, you know, they Adelita tried to put her, and she's she's spinning it as, 
Why would anyone think this is any, we're doing an attack on free speech? That's crazy. She's all for transparency. <laughs> so, again, when it got to this uh, addendum item 15, which is the we're going to make the uh, elected officials get approved by the county clerk and the county attorney before their stuff can get on an agenda. Uh, just to give you an update, I talked about it in the first hour, people who are clicking in during their ride to work. Uh, Rex Scott voted with Steve. Steve came up with a substitute motion. And it got spicy because Adelita wanted to talk about it without moving it for discussion with a second. And Sharon's like out of order, out of order. And then, so then she asked her buddy, the county attorney, this is Adelita, Adelitaist, uh, that, uh, oh, I'm just clarifying, right? I can do that. He's like, yeah. So then she starts having Rex go through his thing and she still didn't get a second. And so Sharon's like out of order, out of order. You're not, you know, this is how you're supposed to run a meeting. And I like her. She's, you know, and Adelita, she was the chair of the TUSD school board. This just tells you that on the TUSD school board, they let her get away with murder. There was no adults to call her out on anything. Maybe Stegman, right? I don't think Mike uh, uh, Hicks cared about the uh, the Robert Rules of Order. That wasn't Mike's thing, God rest his soul. But when I guess Stegman wasn't there, everyone else just let her run roughshod. So anyway, Rex asked the county attorney, Mr. Brown, who again was the TOSD attorney with uh, Adelita, wonderful, um, about, well, aren't you guys checking that, that the stuff we put on the agenda doesn't violate state statute? He's like, well, yeah. Okay, cool. I uh, asked a couple of more questions like that. And then when Steve Christie's substitute motion was to reject the change that Adelita Grijalva was proposing, Rex Scott went with Sharon Bronson and Steve Christie, and they rejected it 3-2. So that was good. And again, um, Adelita in her spin video about the recap talks about, I just want to make sure it's getting legally done. Well, Rex already ad- got that asked and answered by the t- the, t- the county attorney when he said, oh yeah, we're, we're checking to see if it's, Ill- it's legal. It's just it's silly. So anyway, kudos to everyone who spoke yesterday. I'm glad you guys did what you did. Kudos to Steve Christie for doing what he did. And uh, again, kudos to Steve for uh, doing the substitute motion and Sharon and Rex for a vote for it. So we're at so um it's 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 more proof that when you push them and you challenge them, right? They're they're looking to see how far they can go, and like Matt Hines, he'll just keep making mistakes. But it's not like anyone in the newspaper is going to carry call him out for uh, hiding in the back room eating bagels while everyone was doing their thing. So wake up, Tucson, ten thirty. The voice, local news and talk. We have a friend from the Heritage Foundation coming on talking about Ukraine. <laughs> 